Welcome to the Spiritually Inspired Podcast. I'm Sarah Ray, writer and intuitive, bringing you weekly astrology forecasts, tarot card readings, and magical musings so you can easily integrate your own unique style of spirituality into your daily life. You can find the episode show notes, copies of my books, free downloads, and lots more at spirituallyinspired.co. Enjoy the show. Hello, mystics. Thank you for tuning in to episode 23 of the Spiritually Inspired podcast. I'm Sarah Ray, and I'm so glad you're joining me yet again for another episode. On today's show, we're going to be talking more in depth about the actual process of reading tarot cards. So our total tarot series is going through each individual card meaning one by one, and it is currently underway. And we already have another foundational tarot deck breaking down the tarot deck episode a few episodes back. If you're interested in listening to that, go ahead and listen. We're going to talk about how you read them all together as one full reading. And coming up in this week's astrology forecast for August 8th through the 15th, it is a very special astrological event to kick things off right away on Sunday. It's called the Lion's Gate Portal, and that's opening up as this, on the same day as the Leo New Moon, and it will be totally amazing. <laughs> Also this week, Venus opposes Neptune, Mercury opposes retrograde Jupiter, Mercury moves into Virgo, and Venus trines Pluto. Weekly Astrology for August 8th through the 14th, 2021. So this week starts with a bang. It's so exciting. I teased last week a little bit that it's going to be starting with the Lionsgate portal and the Leo New Moon and that's how it starts right away on Sunday the 8th. The annual Lionsgate portal and the Leo New Moon are happening on the same day this year, which is very exciting. This is a very high vibrational energy and we're definitely going to want to take advantage. It's an ample time to manifest in a really quick fashion. So you might not be aware of what the Lionsgate portal actually is, so let me clue you in a little bit. So it is a energetic opening that happens every year on August 8th. It usually actually opens a few days before August 8th and kind of lingers a little bit afterwards, but it has to do with the star called Sirius rising up in the sky and meeting up with the sun while the sun is in its ruling sign of Leo, which it is in right now. Also, the numerology behind the date 8-8 is very significant as well because 8 symbolizes infinity in numerology because it's a literal infinity symbol. So combining all these together, Together, these energetic forces send down high vibrational energy from the cosmos down to us here on Earth, and it assists in the ascension of all souls currently here. And if you're not sure what that means, go ahead and just either listen to all my previous podcast episodes or go and explore my blog a little bit. The ascension and the creation of the new Earth is why we're all here right now. We're all leveling up, so to speak. So that's what we mean when we say ascension. Sirius has been tracked and admired since ancient cultures ruled the world, literally thousands and thousands of years ago. And it has always been believed to be a gateway to the heavens. And it's kind of like a doorway that opens up and floods Earth with all this really high vibrational energy every single year when it meets up with the sun. It's a really great time to download some energetic light codes. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's basically just gaining new insights. Um, it's, it's seeing things with your mind's eye and getting new information from a source beyond us here on earth. 
as you can imagine, the veil between our world and the spirit world is much thinner during this portal opening. And that allows for more enhanced spiritual connection, visitations, expansions, and lots more. So we're all going to feel a crazy heightened sense of psychic abilities, especially when it comes to receiving intelligence from either extraterrestrials, if that's part of your journey for this life, or just your spirit guides or various angels, ascended masters, all the other beings that are beyond this physical reality that are in the spiritual realm that are helping us ascend and up-level spiritually. So we have the star Sirius rising up in the sky, aligning with the sun in Leo, and that's the sun's ruling sign with the 8-8 energy of the date and the new moon in Leo. That is a lot of energy on this day, and it's going to linger basically all this previous weekend and for a couple more days afterwards. So just be patient and gentle with yourself. Prioritize self-care. Take it one day at a time. As always, that's always my standard advice with crazy energy portals opening up. <laughs> just know that your manifesting miracles are on their way and do everything that you can to take advantage of this new moon manifesting energy. It's exceptionally potent. All new moons are potent. If you heard my new moon spiritual meaning podcast episode several episodes back, you'll know that there are always good opportunities for setting intentions and bringing something new into your life. But this new moon in Leo corresponding with the Lionsgate portal is exceptionally good. So Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't before so you know how to take advantage of these manifesting energies. So during this new moon in Leo, when you're setting your intentions, think about what is your truest passion. What is it that you're here to accomplish? What is the thing that you care most about? What would you do no matter the circumstances? What do you always make time for? What is something you absolutely never miss doing? What's non-negotiable? What do you never get tired of? What is your biggest, wildest dream? That is the intention you wanna set on this Leo new moon on August 8th. Be sure to trust yourself and your divine ability to create that thing in your reality if it's not already there. And if it is already there, think of how you can enhance it and better align it with your current lifestyle so you can amplify that power. So just be fierce and bold in your pursuit of that dream. Whatever it is, there's no dream too crazy. Nothing is off the table. So Venus will oppose Neptune as well this week. Opposite alignments in astrology can be challenging. Energy of the planets basically bump heads and they polarize each other quite a bit. And on August 9th, romantic Venus will oppose dreamy Neptune. This could potentially cause us to be a little bit more easily deceived, a little bit gullible, dare I say, by other things or people that catch our eye. Try not to make any major life-changing decisions on the 9th, if you can help it, without being as objective as possible first, without taking a step back and really examining the decision from all angles. Our imagination might run a little crazy today, and we might catch ourselves daydreaming about all the things our love lives lack, or what we wish our love lives to be. We might find it extremely difficult to see our love lives for what it really is. We might have a hard time being objective towards our relationship with our significant other in our lives. Either way, there's a chance of being duped, whether it's a really amazing relationship or we're wearing rose-colored glasses and we're kind of lying to ourselves about it, there's a good chance we're going to be duped in some way. 
So just be as objective as possible and use your discernment really wisely. Mercury opposing retrograde Jupiter. You might recall from last week and the week before that Jupiter is currently in retrograde in Aquarius. So we're being called to reconsider what really lights us up inside. Where do we stand ethically and are we optimists or are we pessimists and how does this contribute to what we contribute to society? So Mercury has a bit of a reputation of being a bit unyielding. While Jupiter loves being bouncy and exuberant, so when they oppose each other on August 10th, we might experience a bit of a mini life crisis of sorts. Who are we really and what really matters to us? What do we convey about ourselves to others without using our words? So just take a few moments and revisit how you choose to communicate with others on this day. Pay attention to how others are responding to you. That will give you a big indication of how the world sees you. Think about how your life purpose alters how you converse with other people. And then ask yourself, is that really how you want others to perceive you? It's not necessarily about caring what other people think. It's about how you want to show up in the world as yourself. Are you being as authentic as you possibly can be? And in order to be truly authentic, you have to live in alignment with what your purpose is, with why you're here, what the point is to your life. A lot of existential crises is going on this summer <laughs> with these astrological alignments. So intellectual Mercury is moving into also intellectual Virgo on August 11th. And that might sound like a fantastic shift in energy, and it definitely can be, Logic and reason is definitely important and vital even to our survival and our success, but as with all things, too much of a good thing is not really a good thing at all. So Mercury in Virgo is likely to bring out our inner skeptics to the point where we might have a hard time believing anything as truth before we do all the critical reasoning and research needed to prove it to ourselves, which is a good thing. I mean, skepticism is really important, especially as a modern mystic. You don't want to take everything blindly because that can get us really close to being almost cult-like. You don't want that. You always want to have a healthy amount of skepticism. But with Mercury being in Virgo, it's really easy to just become anti-everything and say there's no proof of anything in the whole world, therefore I believe nothing. You don't want to go into that extreme. So we're going to be feeling really rational during this time while Mercury is moving through Virgo, and we're going to want to pursue knowledge that will give us conclusive proof for whatever our inquiry is. And we should absolutely utilize this time to do just that. Just be very careful to not ruin your own belief systems in the pursuit of that knowledge. We're likely going to be scrutinized every little thing we come across during this time, so just be aware that there is a fine line between criticism and healthy skepticism. Okay, so finally, Venus will trine Pluto also on August 11th, which will be a nice breath of fresh air in most areas in our lives. Trines tend to be very harmonious and they make us very happy while op oppositions are very challenging. So trines are awesome alignments. And this alignment in particular is a really beautiful opportunity for lots of growth, especially in terms of our relationships. As you probably know by now, because Venus is a very active planet, Venus is the planet of love and relationships and passion. And Pluto represents our weaknesses and the need for change in certain areas. So while Venus is ruling over all things we find beautiful, Pluto is highlighting the weak spots in those beautiful things. Pluto kind of has this 
kind of a dark undertone to his energy. So it's trying with Venus will allow us the chance to see rapid changes in our relationships that are likely to happen on this day as blessings. We're going to be excited about these changes. They're not going to feel so detrimental because Venus is a very passionate, loving planet and Pluto is the planet of destruction, but they can be very harmonious and work well together. Pluto helps us see that destruction needs to happen in order for things to be rebuilt stronger and better. So on August 11th, there's probably going to be some massive shift of some kind in our relationship, in any of our relationships. It doesn't necessarily have to be a romance thing, but it could be a family member, it could be a roommate or a coworker or a business partner or someone that is important to us whose relationship with us really makes a difference in our lives. So something monumental is gonna happen with that relationship very soon this week. And it's going to be amazing. We're going to be excited about it. Eventually, things are going to click in that relationship and you'll both be really stoked for the changes that are happening right before your eyes. It's going to be fantastic. Okay, so that was your astrology forecast for August 8th through the 14th, 2021. Tarot card reading, how to read and interpret your own tarot spreads for yourself. So what exactly is tarot reading? The tarot is not a sleazy fortune-telling party trick that you might think it is. It's actually a really powerful divination tool that tells us stories through images about what's likely to happen if we continue down the path we're currently on. Tarot card reading can provide guidance and clarity to questions and situations if the tarot card reader or the person who is pulling the cards trusts their own intuition and is open to the interpretations of the cards and isn't trying to manipulate their meaning in any way. So in order to read tarot cards effectively, you must first believe in your own ability to receive guidance from them. You must be willing to look at the symbolism, to interpret the artwork, and to ponder the deeper meaning of the cards. Otherwise, you're probably going to feel confused and let down. Because tarot relies heavily on your own intuition, there really is no right or wrong way to read and interpret your own tarot card spreads. However, there are some universal best practices that we're going to go over in this episode. So how do we use tarot cards exactly? First, you always want to make sure that you're in a decent headspace before you begin pulling cards. You never want to pull cards out of pure anger, grief, anxiety, or extreme depression. And even if you are going through these heavy emotions right now, you have to give yourself at least 10 minutes to relax and quiet your mind. The ego tends to speak very loudly, but the tarot relies on speaking with your subconscious, on your higher self, on your soul. So that's why you want to make sure you take at least a few minutes to quiet down the ego so the, that emotional reaction isn't there, so you can better listen to the voice of your soul, which is your subconscious. Because that ego voice could potentially impact your reading if it has too much control in the moment. You want your guidance to come straight from the soul. Second, you want to make sure that your cards are nice and energetically cleansed. If you're not sure how to do that, I'll link to a blog post that will show you all the various ways of cleansing energy. Just don't dip your cards in water. As with any magical tool, you always want to make sure the energy is clean before you begin interacting with it. Again, that's just another opportunity to muddy up your interpretation. So always make sure the energy is clean of with the tool that you're using as well as your own aura and your and the space that you're using ideally you'd be cleansing everything all at the same time with whatever your chosen method is from the blog post down below so next you're going to want to start shuffling your cards 
But before you begin shuffling, you want to decide on the type of spread you're going to be doing. If any, you could just pull one card and just take that as your reading. That's what I typically do. I usually pull three cards max, but if it's a really complicated situation or if I'm looking for a lot more guidance than what one or two cards can give me, I will do a full on tarot spread. You just want to make sure you decide what you're going to do before you actually start shuffling. If you're following a predetermined spread style reading, make sure you understand the formation that you're making and which cards are connected to which question and answer before you get started. So when you do start shuffling the cards, you want to make sure you're shuffling them really well, but know when it's time to stop and start pulling cards out. You may shuffle the deck in any way you choose. However you choose to shuffle will contribute to your unique reading because you're infusing your own personal brand of magic into the deck. You could do the classic bridge style shuffle. You can kind of mix them all up like a child would shuffle cards. You can kind of just throw them into your palm and just kind of mix them up that way. Just make sure you're shuffling in a way that feels comfortable for you. And while you're shuffling, if a card jumps out and like falls inadvertently out of the deck, be sure to include that card in your reading in some way because that card wanted your attention and it has something to tell you. So now you've decided that you're done shuffling and you're ready to start pulling your cards. There's a couple different ways to actually do that. First, you have the ones that might jump out at you and you have to include them in some way. However it lands, make sure you always flip it over from side to side rather than top to bottom so that you're not inadvertently flipping the card over that might have been intended to be read reversed. You can either fan the entire deck out in one long line and pick cards out that call to you, kind of allowing your intuition to guide you there. Or you can stack the deck in a pile and cut it a few times and select your card that way. Now again, when you are spreading your cards out, always flip your cards from left to right rather than up and down. This will allow you to incorporate reversed tarot cards into your reading, and that is just adding another layer of meaning and messages to your reading. So always flip from left to right, never from top to bottom. Okay, so you've cleansed, you shuffled, you pulled, you flipped them all over, now what? Remember that the tarot is a means for telling stories. No matter how many cards you've pulled for your reading, you have to make sure you are reading them all together as you would a story. If you recall from our last What is the Tarot podcast episode or video, you'll recall that the major arcana cards represent the protagonists of the stories. They're the trump cards. They're the ones that are the leading role. And all the court cards, the pages, the knights, the kings, and the queens, they're the secondary characters that are coming and going. So in your life, the protagonist is you, and you are typically represented by the major arcana cards, while other characters in your life story are usually represented by the court cards. So there are a few elements to look at when reviewing your story tarot spread. How many court cards are there? How many minor arcana cards are there? How many trump cards? How many reversed cards? Is there one particular suit that is dominating the spread? Does the spread consist of mostly minor or major cards? Do any cards stand out? Are there any pairs of cards that stand out? You kind of just want to take a step back and assess them as a whole, see if there's anything that's immediately catching your eye. So when you're just beginning to read tarot, you're probably going to want to immediately reach for the little guidebook that came with your tarot deck before you really examine the cards on your own. Now, I, I really encourage you to read your tarot guidebook, but give it 
a minute. (laughs) Resist the temptation to immediately reach for it and allow yourself the opportunity to ask yourself, what does this card mean? So this card was being asked this question and what do I see on this card? What is the symbolism? What is the meaning that I get from this card when I look at it? That's why tarot cards that have a lot more imagery on them are best for beginners as opposed to those other cards that are a lot more geometric and simple and abstract in their imagery. Those are, in my opinion, better suited for advanced tarot readers. As a beginner, try to stick with a deck that is a little bit more easy to interpret as far as the artwork goes. So only open up your guidebook or other tarot card meaning resources like our Total Tarot series page after you give yourself and your own intuition a chance to interpret the card on its own. Be sure you have already asked yourself how the artwork is making you feel before you move on to somebody else's interpretation of the artwork. Over time, you won't even need to open up your guidebook anymore. You'll just immediately know the intuitive message behind the card, especially if you continuously work with the same one or two tarot decks. But until then, allow yourself the artistic freedom to really dive deep into the meaning of the cards on your own. Take notice of any little tiny details that might have otherwise been missed by somebody else. Because even though the decks come with their own special guidebooks, the artist that created the deck is intending to bring attention to something different than you might be noticing. Because art and beauty is always in the eye of the beholder. And you're the beholder in the tarot card reading setting. So give yourself that chance. So if you have a multiple card tarot spread, each spot in the spread is indicating a specific question or a specific aspect of the story that is being addressed with that card that was pulled. So when you're addressing reading your tarot spread, you're going to want to ask yourself card by card, what is the situation or question I need guidance on? What does this card typically represent? And how does the placement in this spread affect this card's meaning? And then you repeat that with each spot in your tarot spread. And then once that's complete, you take a step back and ask yourself, how do all the cards relate to each other in this particular spread? How do these cards all connect to the situation or question that I asked about? So while you're examining each meaning of the tarot card as you go, you're more or less building up layers to assess the reading as a whole. This is why I typically prefer to read only one to three cards max at a time because otherwise I personally get a little too overwhelmed with all of the symbolism. So especially as a beginner, start with only a few cards so you can kind of get the hang of it. So I've mentioned reversed cards. That's why you always want to flip your cards from left to right. And if you've been following along in our total tarot series, I always discuss the meaning of a reverse tarot card. But what does that actually mean in terms of a reading? Like all things, Tarot cards carry both yin and yang energy. That is to say, they all carry masculine and feminine energy. I don't like to use those labels, so I'll stick with yin and yang energy. And just to point out that there's nothing inherently good or bad about either yin or yang energy, it's only how we perceive it. So some types of energy like anger and competition and drive and motivation and power goes more towards dark energy or yin energy, while yang energy tends to be more compassion, kindness, love, caring, that sort of thing. But you're only adding those labels, good and bad, based on your own perceptions. So just keep that in mind as you're reading your reverse tarot cards. Because a reverse tarot card is really nothing more than symbolic element within the story of the reading. It's just another way that the cards can be viewed, literally. It's when 
a card shows up upside down in your reading. Most tarot cards have the label at the bottom of the card, and most tarot cards are not intended to be mirror images. There's usually like a clear way you're supposed to be looking at it or a clear top and bottom, I should say. So when it's clearly upside down, that is just adding a different layer of meaning to that card. So when a tarot card shows up as reversed or upside down in your reading, it could mean a few different things as always, depending on the card and the context of the reading. But typically the negative cards, think the suit of swords mainly, show up reverse. There is some seriously heavy energy that is being dealt with right now. Unpleasant energy and emotions are likely to show up in reverse cards in general, but when a negative card shows up as reversed, it's amplified. But again, that's only up to your own perceptions. Another meaning of a reverse tarot card could be the exact opposite of the upright card. So this is especially true with major arcana cards, and I'll give you an example. The Empress, which we recently discussed in our Total Tarot series, represents creativity, while a reversed Empress could mean a lack of creativity. And I just want to throw in there that not every tarot reader chooses to read reverse tarot cards. Um, that is especially true for beginners, so if it doesn't quite feel right to you, you are not obligated to read reverse tarot cards. However, I do want you to be honest with yourself and consider whether or not you're actually re avoiding reversals because you don't like their message. If that's the case, don't ignore reversals. If you're anything like me, when it was when I first started reading tarot, I was really overwhelmed with all the meanings of all the different cards, and I didn't feel like I wanted to add another layer of meaning when I just was starting out. So I was trying to skip reading the reverse tarot cards and I just took them as regular when they did come up as reversed. But after about a month or so, I realized that I was missing out on half of the meaning of the tarot messages. So even if it was a little bit overwhelming at first, I felt as though I couldn't ignore the reverse tarot card meanings because they they each have their own specific message and that felt important to me. So I read reverse tarot cards. The biggest takeaway from this podcast episode is that your tarot reading is a story. Tarot is meant to build stories. So as you're looking at however many cards you pulled for your reading, look at how it's illustrating what's happening in your life or how it's illustrating what could happen if you keep on going. And that's really subjective and really individual. So it might be helpful to visit a professional tarot card reader in the beginning, but just don't take any sort of energetic reader's word is gospel. Your word is way more important in your own life because of your own intuition. You already have all the answers and all the meanings within you. And the tarot is just pulling on those answers that you already have because your higher self, your soul, your subconscious mind, whatever you want to call it, already knows what needs to be done. And the tarot is a way of that part of yourself, that soul, subconscious mind, higher self, whatever of speaking. So the tarot acts as a voice for that subconscious mind. So that's why only you can truly interpret your own tarot cards. Tarot card reading is a special skill that anyone can perfect. It just takes a bit of practice and a beautiful deck and a little bit of patience. And of course, finding a tarot resource that resonates with you, which is hopefully spiritually inspired. <laughs> And again, I'm going to go ahead and link below in the show notes our pages for our Total Tarot series. And there's lots of other amazing tarot resources out there. There's Biddy Tarot. If you've even tried to Google anything tarot related once, she's going to show up on there. She's excellent. There's also The Tarot Lady. And there's several other. I'm reading this amazing book called The Creative Tarot 
um, that I highly recommend as well. So I'm going to go ahead and share those with you down below as well. Now, if you have any questions regarding the tarot, if you have any amazing tarot stories, anything tarot related, just want to gush over amazing tarot cards, please do leave a comment on YouTube if you're watching the video version of this podcast. Otherwise, you can send me a direct message on Instagram, or you can even send me an email at sarahray at spirituallyinspired.co. I can't wait to hear about your experiences. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and if you did, you might also enjoy previous episodes, all of which are available on your favorite podcast app and YouTube. Find the show notes, copies of my books, free downloads, and lots more at spirituallyinspired.co. Namaste.